0: It was a great day yesterday, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about that in a minute. And uh, at the during our offering time, uh, there is a uh, kind of a story through pictures and song of what happened yesterday with all the churches. And so we'll be able to, to see that uh, during our offering time. Well, we're, we're looking at a third core value of the seven in our church, and this core value is worship. And uh, worship isn't just a Sunday thing. Worship is something that is to take place in our life uh, throughout our day, throughout our week, and we're going to be looking at that uh, today. But I want to tell you a little story first. Um, some of you have heard this, but uh, when I was uh, started out at Cal Baptist, I was this—I was starting my sophomore year at Cal Baptist, and uh, we were in Book of Life building there, and we were registering for our classes. And uh, there was this gal that caught my eye. Her name was Susan Nepp at the time. And uh, I was just immediately attracted to her. Um, And and it was my birthday that day. And uh, so I went up to her after I had registered for my classes, and I invited her to my birthday party. I was holding a birthday party for myself (laughs) on that day. I was really nerdy, and uh, (laughs) I know you're saying you're still really nerdy, Pastor. It's okay. I can handle it, but I invited her to my birthday party, and she said, well, you know what? It happens to be my birthday, too. Our birthdays are on the same day, and uh, and she said, I'll think about that, and it came to my birthday celebration that evening, and she never showed up. She stood me up. you did stand me up, <laughs> but i 'm not bitter <laughs> yes that's right she's she's been at my party for the last thirty two years now since then okay yes <laughs> we 've survived that long but uh but no. Uh, during that time, even though she stood me up, I was still attracted to her, you know, and our paths would cross uh, across the campus or something, or we would be in the uh, uh, the dining hall, the cafeteria, and uh, I would just always find myself staring at her. And even when her back was to me, and her back was to me often in that, at that time, <laughs> and sure, her friends would be sitting at her table, and she, they would say to her, he's staring at you again. <laughs> but uh uh i got to the point where you know i just wanted to take her out on a date and our first date was to the church that we both joined in san rodino at emmanuel baptist church and and um and from that first date you know it was just a match made in heaven you know I knew immediately, you know, that she was the one. And in fact, I told her a few weeks later that I, <laughs> two weeks later, that I thought she was the one. But we we courted for three years uh, before we got married. But um, you know, there was never a time, and there hasn't been a time where we've grown tired of each other. I mean, we we enjoy spending time with each other, and. um uh, you know, as we were dating in college, uh, she graduated a year ahead of me because she's a year older than me. <laughs> uh, but but that year uh, that she, she had graduated, I still had my senior year to go. You know what? That was the longest year of my life. I mean, I did not enjoy my senior year. Because um, so, I missed her so much, and we spent a lot of time on the phone. you know we didn 't have cell phones back then, so long distance c- phone calls they were expensive. We broke the bank on long distance phone calls, but we would write letters she would write almost every day, and i wasn 't as frequent but uh, but we longed for those letters from each other. In fact, we still have those letters in a box in our garage that we won't let our children read <laughs> as long as we're alive. <laughs> but uh, but we loved reading those letters. We loved reading between the lines of those letters. In essence, we were abiding in each other's love for each other. I worshipped the ground she walked on and vice versa. And we're talking about worship today. And that's the kind of relationship that God longs to have with us. That we love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. That that we're thinking about him throughout the day. That's worship. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. And you have in your outline this morning, you, you can turn there if you'd like to, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, verses 14 through 16. The author of Hebrews says this, For here we have no lasting city. This isn't our home, church. We're just passing through. But we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Two things I want to share this morning from this verse about worship. What is worship? What does it mean when we worship the Lord? Number one, uh, we worship with the sacrifices of our lips, with our lips. We acknowledge his name. We acknowledge his nature, who he is in our life. And we do this, the Bible says, continually throughout the day. Just as Susan was on my mind and I found myself daydreaming about her throughout my day, through those boring classes, you know, through the drive or whatever, wherever I was at, she was always on the mind, my mind. That's what we're talking about in our relationship with God, that we're continually worshiping him with our lips. Now, I want to give you a challenge uh, today. I want to challenge you to... Do this. You take a day where you just consciously and continually express love and adoration to God through your day and see what God does with your attitude, your perspective on what you're going through. And I'm not just talking about, you know, when things are good, I'm talking about when things are bad. That's when we need to be expressing our adoration and praise to Him most. Because he will give us the strength that we need to get through the difficult time, but look at First Corinthians 10:31 it says, "So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, especially with our lips. The Bible says in Psalm 113, Psalm 11:3, "From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised." Have you ever practiced that regularly? Kara, have you ever practiced that when Sophie's upset, you know, or, or you're changing her diaper or you're folding diapers? or well, Do you do real diapers? Do you do the disposable? Real diapers. God bless you. Oh, you do the disposable. Good for you. You know, we did the real diapers with Allison for half of Kyle and uh, never again. When we came across disposables, I mean, that was – that was a match made in heaven. But, you know, when you're washing clothes, when you're folding those clothes, you know, you're honoring God. I mean, you're glorifying God. God wants you to be a godly mother, you know, and uh, and care and love and nurture your daughter. And as you as you care for her and as you care for the household, you know what? You're doing it unto the Lord. God is pleased with that. And whatever your routine is, if you serve, if you work with a, uh, a, a difficult uh, boss or somebody, you don't work for him. You work for the Lord. You do it to the Lord. And, and so live. have the sacrifice of praise on your lips and say, you know, God, thank you for this job. You know, it's it's difficult right now, but God, you've provided me with this job where I can provide for my family and just offer the sacrifice of praise with your lips. And it's good to do it. It's easy to do it in the good times. You know, tomorrow I'm going fishing. Oh, ha- by the way, Happy Fishmas or Merry Fishmas. Uh, this was the opener of trout season this weekend. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to be going with uh, Terry Benham and, and, uh, uh, and Mark over here. Uh, we're going to go fishing. And I know it's going to be beautiful weather and uh, the lake is going to be calm. And, uh, you know, we're going to be just glorifying God all through the day. It's easy to offer the sacrifice of praise when life is good. But we also need to do it when life is bad. And, and Matt Cropley reminded me of our of our fishing trip we had on our men's retreat uh, last fall. Uh, we were in the boat on uh, Gull Lake, and um, there was lightning and thunder and hail and, uh, you know, I should have had the attitude, thank you, God, for that lightning bolt about 100 yards away from our boat, displaying the power of God among us. And thank you, God, for the hail that's building up on, uh, on uh, <laughs> uh, Terry Benham's back as we fish in this boat. But, uh, you know, we just we've got to be willing and able to praise God, whatever our circumstances are. And when you can praise praise the Lord when you're down on your back or if you're going through a health crisis or, or you're going through a period of darkness, you're in a deep ditch or valley, that's a real mark of maturity. Matt and Beth Redmond, I've mentioned this before, um, songwriter, recording artist, they wrote the song, Blessed Be Your Name. Blessed Be Your Name was uh, based on the verse Job one twenty one, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, they wrote this song in the midst of having lost um, two babies. Uh, they had two mis- they had had two or three miscarriages. They had a very difficult time getting pregnant, and they wrote this song. It said, "Blessed be your name, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all." As it should be, blessed be your name. And blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Do you have the sacrifice of praise on your lips continually for who God is in your life? This is our act of worship. The second way we worship, or what worship is, is worship is the sacrifice, not only with your lips, but with your life, with your life. The Bible says in verse 16, do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So worship is with our lips and worships, is with our hands. And at least 70 of us came together yesterday and we worshiped God with our hands. We had 25 different projects uh, to accomplish and we were able to accomplish every one of those projects. And, um, And we worshiped. We blessed others. And we bless God. This is pleasing unto the Lord. And I just want to take a minute to, to allow you to kind of give a testimony of uh, what you saw God do last yesterday. Did anybody, uh, does anybody want to stand up and uh, share what um, your team was able to accomplish and how you blessed somebody else? Who wants to be the first one? Before that first person stands up, I just wanted to acknowledge those who helped us get our kitchen back in order. I mean, that was that was a huge task. And how thankful I am for our Romeo ministry. If you don't know what Romeo means, it stands for is Retired Old Men Enhancing Operations. And so these guys are retired and have more time to be able to, to provide at the church, well, we put that kitchen back together, and we clean that kitchen top to bottom. a beautiful new floor. But, you know, as they did that, they were giving back to the Lord. Rodney. Uh, good morning. I was on the uh, all-change uh, ministry. <laughs> I, only, I can only be out here for an hour and a half. But um, during that time, nobody came for the all-change. But we were diverted to help with the kitchen project. So I hope that whole thing turned out well. It did. You can go back and look at it, too. But uh, that kitchen looks spotless Teresa we went to uh, fix a gate yesterday for a lady that um, was unable to do it and what I got to see yesterday was my husband um, and his sons work together for the first time Mm -hmm. Um, his son Nathan they haven't seen each other for a while and they were actually able to come together yesterday and work and get it done. And it was, it was great. It was an awesome wonderful. time together. And that was an act of worship. God's been doing so much through your family these days. And uh, it was an opportunity for you to, to give back to him. And uh, thanks for allowing him to use you guys. And Nathan, for you to join joining in on that project. Nathan is uh, is in the Marines, and so uh, mom, and, mom and dad are going to be taking him back to, this afternoon, back down to Camp Pendleton. Who else wants to share? Now I can't believe that this this service is isn't sharing more than the eight o'clock service. There was a lot of sharing going on in the eight o'clock service. What were you going to say, Nicole? <laughs> well we were able to accomplish a lot yesterday we're going to be able to see that in just a few minutes but uh, thank you for giving now be the church isn't something that just supposed to happen one day out of the year this needs to be a lifestyle it's not over in fact I want to give you an opportunity to continue this today um I was going to get permission from Eunice this morning, but uh, she wasn't in the 8 o'clock service. In fact, she's coming back from uh, a quilting retreat. But uh, you all know John Gilliland. You know how much he does for the church and the school. Um, We had kind of a Be the Church project yesterday. I was able to... Uh, have a we we did a memorial service for a guy by the name of Carl um, Applequist. I've never met Carl, but uh, the family was looking for a church to uh, have a memorial service, and they had tried a few other churches in town, and and they weren't available, and and we were, and they didn't have a pastor. So I said I would be happy, I'd be honored to officiate, and so we had that yesterday, and um, a lot of people there, a lot of people heard the gospel, lots of seeds were planted. But uh, John Gilliland was um, helping usher for that service. And uh, he wasn't looking very well. And he was mentioning that he was going to be going back home. And he's got a big project in his backyard. John has lots of big projects at his house. He's always got a project going on. Uh, But this pertains to his backyard. He's got a lot of rocks and stuff that need to be uh, taken out of there. And... um, and he he's kind of he's hired his granddaughter Catherine to do the project well Catherine she's just a little girl and uh it's just more than what she can handle on her own and but John's the kind of guy that will never ask for help you know he believes in that verse that's not in the bible god helps those who help themselves <laughs> but uh so he'll he'll never ask for help but if you want to come together this afternoon and uh uh, we're going to start around 2 o'clock over in his yard. And if you want to help move rocks, I don't know where we're going to move them to. Maybe we'll just move them to a pile because he does have a skip loader that can get them elsewhere. But um, he needs help. And uh, that would be a blessing to him. And I know he'll be very embarrassed. Um, thankful, yeah. But it's it's kind of like what I'm getting to at the end of the message. I think, I think people show up in droves at his house because they know how much of a giver John is and what he's done for this church and school over the years. And, and they want to give back to him. And that's the way it is in our relationship with Christ. We want to do good with our hands. We want to give the sacrifice of praise with our lips when we understand all that Jesus has done for us. It's, it's not something we want to do grudgingly because of the gospel that's impacted our life. It changes us. And we want to serve him and others. And we'll have an opportunity to do that this afternoon at John Gilliland's house. So if you want to join us, I don't know what the address is. Um, If you follow me on Facebook, I'll post it on Facebook. But if you want to join us at 2 o'clock, I'd love to be a blessing to him. And that will just be a great thing. Let's go on. The heart of worship. What is the heart of worship? The heart of worship is a surrendered life. When our life is surrendered to him, we want to offer the sacrifice of praise. We want to do good. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is the good and what is good and acceptable and perfect when we put our bodies on the altar as living sacrifices not dead sacrifices but living sacrifices he is most glorified this is our ultimate act of worship And as we've been going through experiencing God and as we've been looking at God's activity around us and seeing this as as our invitation to join him, sometimes those invitations can be somewhat confusing. And we don't see the big picture, and it may not make sense, but God's telling you to get involved And it doesn't make oftentimes it won't make sense, my friend. You know, there's many instances in the Bible where it didn't make sense, but they obeyed. And God was glorified. I hope you have it in your outline. You have some uh, biblical characters there, Peter. You know, Peter had been out fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing, unlike what's going to happen to me tomorrow. Okay. But he was tired, he was exhausted, and after Jesus had preached his sermon. Uh Jesus told Peter to go out of ways and cast your net on the other side of the boat. And Jesus or Peter told Jesus, Jesus, there's no fish there. We're the fishermen. You're telling us how to fish. And Jesus said, Cast your net. And Peter said, Well, if it's your will, I will obey. And he cast his net on the other side of the boat. And the hall was enormous. It didn't make sense, but Peter obeyed and God blessed. He did the same thing with Noah. Told Noah to build a boat. Noah says, what's a boat? Well, it's. I'll give you all the details here, but I want you to build this boat. Why, God? Because it's going to rain. Noah says, what's rain? Never rained before. Well, I'm going to... I'm not pleased with mankind, and I'm going to send destruction on the earth, but I'm going to save your family, and I'm going to save the animals. It didn't make sense to Noah. He didn't see the big picture, but he he obeyed. And God spared, and God started over, and he started with Noah's family. Abraham, go to a land that I'm going to show you. Leave everything, Abraham, and go where I will show you. Where am I going, Lord? I don't. You don't know. I can't see it. But I'll tell you when you get there. Obey, Abraham obeyed. Mary and Joseph. Mary, you're going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And you're not going to know a man. You're going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. That made no sense. But Mary... Surrendered, Mary obeyed, and Joseph obeyed, even though people were saying that she had cheated on him, or they had been doing things before marriage. It wasn't the case. But Joseph and Mary obeyed when it didn't make sense. And going through that experience in God study, there was a pastor in Kentucky, a director of missions. And God had done incredible things through this impoverished community. But every every time something came to this director of mission's attention that uh, there was a need that needed to be met, that pastor said, okay, we'll do it. They didn't have the resources. They didn't have the means. They didn't have the manpower. But if God is telling us to do this, He's going to provide the way. He's going to provide the means. And it's an incredible testimony. And I encourage you to go back and listen, watch that testimony if you if you have, haven't. But it didn't make sense, but he was living a fully surrendered life. A fully surrendered life, Christian, is a person who fully trusts God. God. If God tells you to do something, that person believes that God is going to meet that need, even when it doesn't make sense. Do you have a fully surrendered life? You know, I think one great example outside of Jesus Christ Himself is Martin Luther King. You know, a fully surrendered person is a very powerful influential leader. And here's Martin Luther King who loved Jesus Christ with all of his heart. He was seeing the oppression and the injustice and the racism towards African American people. And because he was fully surrendered to Jesus Christ he could stand up and not be afraid and stand against the injustice and the oppression that was happening in this country because he fully trusted god and did what didn't make sense you know he was going to stand up against the the government in peaceful means in Humble means God did incredible things through him because he fully trusted God. He lived a totally surrendered life to God. He was a living sacrifice. He had already chosen to die for his Lord and Savior before he was murdered, assassinated. That is a fully surrendered life. That is the life that God would have us live. And my encouragement to you, church, my encouragement to you, Christian, is don't wait until you're retired to live that fully surrendered life. I was talking to a couple just a few weeks ago, Talking, they're talking about how busy they they are, and they both have full time jobs, and and they're really working hard towards retirement. I mean, they want to build up their savings so that they can uh, retire and um, and live comfortably and not be stressed and anything like that. My 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 encouragement to you is: don't wait until retirement to live your life for God it will never get there the bible knows nothing about retirement nothing and yet that seems to be such such a stronghold in so many people's lives the bible says that we cannot serve god and money the bible says in matthew chapter 6:21 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. Where's your treasure today? Is it in your savings account? Is it your 401k? Is it in your future? Or is it in God right now? Why? Why are we to worship with our lips, with our hands? Why are we to live this fully surrendered life It all comes down to the cross. It's because of what Jesus did for us. Go back to Hebrews chapter 13 for just a second. Verse 12. I didn't read verse 12. But the Bible says, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his blood. to God we do this because Jesus has given his all for us he didn't shed part of his blood the Bible says he shed all of her, all of his blood the Bible says he went outside the gate they sent Jesus to die on the cross where they burnt the sacri- the, the rest of the sacrifice that was made in the temple He went outside the city. He was rejected for us that we might have life. We worship. We live this fully surrendered life because of all Jesus did for us. You know, for a lot of us who know John Gilliland today, we're going to go over his house. We're going to pick up rocks. And that won't be difficult. Because we know who John is. And we know all that John has done for Emmanuel Baptist Church and Emmanuel Christian School. And we want to give back to him. We want to bless him. That needs to be reflected in how we live our lives for Jesus Christ. He gave his all. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11, out of the anguish of his soul he shall see. And be satisfied. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see, and be satisfied. It's talking about the cross, talking about the suffering, what he's going to go through. What did he see? He saw you. He saw me. He saw what his his suffering was going to accomplish. It was through his suffering that we were going to be made his children, that we would be sons and daughters of God, and we would be able to have spend eternity with him forevermore. His suffering he saw was worth it. Look at first Peter chapter two, verse nine you, We don't have time to turn that. Let me just read first peter two nine says, But you are a chosen race.' A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are, are God's people. Once you were not received, you had not received mercies, but now you have received mercy. Bible says we are His possession. Peter is taking that phrase from Exodus chapter 19 where the children of Israel were God's holy people, his holy nation, a kingdom of priests. And Moses says his treasured possession. My friend, we are Christ's treasured possession. He treasured us so much he went to the cross and gave his all. That we might have life. And the least we can do, Christian, is treasure him back. And so we worship. We sacrifice with our lips. And we sacrifice with our hands in doing God good to others. In this, God is well pleased. And that doesn't just happen in this worship service. It happens throughout the week be looking for God's invitation this week. Is there someone that you can bless at work to do good to at work? Is there a neighbor you can do good to? Take a meal to? Whatever. Let God use you. Let's pray. Father, may you, who you are and the praise of our lips be continually on our lips and in our hands each and every day of our life. Lord, may we be people that not live to ourselves, for ourselves, but God, that we live for you, that we be that living sacrifice that's fully surrendered to you. And that, Father, in that... And that in fully surrendering, we are saying to you and to us, we fully trust you, God. You are going to watch over us and you are going to provide. And oftentimes that comes through what we give back to you, not only in time and talents, but in possessions. God, help us to live fully surrendered lives in every aspect of our life. Is there something that you can glorify him for in your life right now? Through the sacrifice of praise, just say, thank you, God, and you fill in the blank. His faithfulness, his provision. Is there one here this morning who's, who's never crossed the threshold of faith? And, but today you know that Jesus died for you. And he wants to have that personal relationship with you and forgive you of sin and, and to change your life. you can, if you'll just surrender and say, God, I believe, I trust you today. You believe that Jesus died for your sin and rose again three days later. Tell him you believe that. Confess your sin. Ask him to forgive. He hears that prayer. Father, thank you for this time that we have to just Worship you. Thank you for what you did yesterday. God, help us to be a church that does good throughout the year, regularly. All for your glory and honor for what God that you have so graciously given to us. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.